I remember you guys. Yeah, you're my church. That's right. Super glad you guys are joining us today, worshiping with us. If you're new, the reason why we're making that joke is I've been gone for the last couple of weekends. My wife and I went down to sunny South Florida and uh, had a great time together, just me and her. Uh, we were a part of a conference that we go to every year, and I'm telling you what, as, as awesome as South Florida was, the conference was amazing. It ministered life to my soul, to my heart, to my spirit. So I always come back after a conference like that fired up. And so the Lord talked to me last week about last Wednesday. So again, we're praying this weather away because I know that the Lord has something to say today. And I know he has something to say uh, on Wednesday. He has something to say next weekend. It's just, it's just a, it's a really fun season right now. Um, I know Taylor gave you a handful of announcements, but I actually wanted, I want to give you a couple of more um, there are people in the room who are interested in what we've done as a church. Uh, they like hearing about the 140, 150-some people that's given their lives to Jesus in the last several months. They like hearing about the 48 people who follow Jesus into water baptism. They, they get into those numbers, and that's we all do. That's exciting. They like to know that we've given over $150,000 away in the last several months to things like foster care, the ark, one hope, Moaz, Israel, uh, different things right here locally. They're excited to know that because they're excited to know that their church is doing something. But there's a group of people in the room and watching online who they aren't as interested in what we have done. They're actually more interested in what we could do if. Are you with me, friends? What could we do if? They're interested in accelerating, accelerating the vision that God has given your place church. They are asking questions like if our college, if we want to have a very successful daytime uh, college program, how could we find dorms? Like how could we provide a way and a place for, for students to come and to be here, even from other churches, other communities? They're interested in asking those questions. They're interested in scholarshiping um, some students because, I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. One of the biggest challenges that we have realized after launching our college is that um, there are, there are government-funded grants and scholarships that allow students to go to state, you know, state colleges. And you and I both know, depending on what your college experience was like, that college is one of the... Uh, um, easiest times to sway from our beliefs. Most of us in the room, if we're going to be honest, college is when we have some of our biggest regrets. And so if we could figure out a way to even scholarship students to come and be a part of your place college, how much more, how much heartache could we save them? Plus, give them an excellent leadership and ministry training. Amen, everyone. So that's what people are wanting to know about that. People want to know how we can resource foster care. Like, we want to give 10 complete outfits to all of our foster care kids. We want to, like, we want to figure out a way that, uh, how can we get, you know, throw a birthday party for every child in foster care? Think about that. Some of these kids have never even had a birthday party because no one was ever excited that they were born 
Let's give them a birthday party. Let's celebrate them. Amen, everyone? How cool would it be if we could redesign our children's ministry to make it even more functional than it is? I mean, we finished our check-in, we finished our kids' auditorium, and we've, we've painted some areas. But man, what could we do if we could completely renovate our kids, our pre-K and our nurseries back there? I've not even talked to them about this, but Tyra and I sit around thinking, how cool would it be to have like a big saltwater fish tank right there in the middle of, of check-in? You know what I mean? Kids walk in, tapping on the glass. Don't tap on the glass. You know what I mean? But like right now, they're already, they're, they're having to buy pipe and drape to put in the gym because we just don't have enough space for all the children back there. They're creating makeshift classrooms for all of our kids. How cool would it be to redesign that whole area and upstairs so we can minister effectively to children? Does this make sense, friends? So many teenagers have been, you know, their lives have been changed at summer camp. And we're doing, you just heard us talk about our, our kids' conference. We're doing a youth conference also. Man, let's scholarship some of these students to get there. You remember how your life was changed at summer camp. Man, see, so that's the question. The question isn't, you know, what we have done. What could we do if, if we had a handful of people who got behind this? How many more people could we rescue out of slavery? Amen? How many more clean water wells can we, can we, uh, can we drill? How many more churches can we build in America? What if we could, what could we do if finances were not the reason we couldn't do it? And the people who ask those questions, we refer to them as kingdom builders. And for those of you who identify that way, we have a special evening planned for you. It's the second week of March, and we've actually got a special guest who's flying in just for that night. He's going to fly in. His name's Lee Doming. Um, this guy, I mean, he's an author, entrepreneur, philanthropist, philanthropist, that word. He founded a multi-billion, not million, billion-dollar global information and compliance service company. Sold it. Retired, 2011, and has given his life to helping kingdom builders tap into their purpose and what they have been designed to do. And he and his wife in 2007 started a, um, a ministry, really, to uh, prevent and stop uh, human trafficking across the nation. So this is what he gives his life to. But he has found interest in the people of Your Place Church, and he's going to fly in, spend a few hours with us. Not all of us, because some of you, you're like, no, I'm good. But some of you, this is like, this was what makes your heart pound. This is what makes you slam your fist against the desk. We want to we wanna cater the event, event for you. It's free to you, but we need to know who's coming, because it is a catered event. And so you'll be hearing more about that as we get closer to it. We're super excited about that. Um, and then from now till April, April is when Easter is, we are in spring cleaning mode at Your Place Church. Um, and we are looking for people. How many of you guys believe that God's house should be the nicest place in town? Amen, everyone? Praise God. Come on, if one claps, we all clap. Amen? We believe that. <clears throat> and so for the next few weeks, we're just looking for people who have an hour or two here and there who can come and help us spring clean God's house. Uh, more specifically, paint. We're looking for people who your spiritual gift is painting. 
Uh, honestly, you were just good at art class, okay? Like anybody, we're looking uh, to paint. In fact, we're looking for about 20 people who says, well, I know how to hold a paintbrush. Uh, I can, I can kind of control it a little bit and not slop it all over the brand new floors, right? Uh, we're looking for people to come and help us out um, from now over, actually over the next several weeks uh, to help us paint. 20 people, come on. How many people? Can, let, me just, let me just catch. Who likes to paint? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. All right. We got another service. Fourteen. All right. So now I only have to get like six more people next service. All right. Good. Good. But listen, right after service, if you'll just go out to the information desk out there, give them your name. Um, Tyson or Cliff, one of these guys will be out there just to kind of meet you, uh, get your name, and we're going to get you set up to uh, do some spring cleaning at the church. Amen, everyone? Love it, love it, love it. We are in part eight of our Planted series. What a great series. Um, we're going to be changing topics soon, but we're not going to be changing themes. In fact, the Planted theme is going to be the theme for the rest of the year. In March, we, stand, we, we start a brand new series. Um, that it's, just, it's, a, it's a go reach your world kind of series. Uh, we realize what the Bible says. I mean, Jesus said, you know what? Uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Uh, it's never been a harvest problem, friends. It's always been a laborer. It's always been a worker problem. And so we're going to equip our church to go reach their neighborhoods, to go reach their friends, their coworkers. And uh, Easter's coming, and we're believing that Easter is probably one of the biggest Easter's we've ever had in the 13 years of our existence. And we're believing for life change. But that starts through relationships with you guys. And so we're going to spend just a few weeks on that, um, but we're going to keep the planted theme for the whole year. So um, we've got a lot of stuff happening in March and April that I'll just wait till these guys, uh, they've got some things planned that they want to, our whole church is going to be a part of. Um, but we still have two more messages in this series, amen? Open your Bibles with me to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, I'll put it on the screen for you. For those of you who may not have brought a Bible or you don't have an app on your phone, you should get one uh, because, I mean, everybody should carry your Bible around. What was that verse? You could just look, it, look for it. Psalm chapter 1, this has kind of been our underlining verse for the whole series. Verse 3 says, And he will, he will be like a tree firmly planted, this is the Amplified, and fed by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, in its season, its leaf does not weather, wither, and whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. I have intentionally saved this particular message for the end of the series, of this phase of the series, on purpose. Because I wanted you to hear about every other thing we talked about leading up to this moment, because it all comes together on this, on this, on this weekend. It is God's plan to prosper you. I'm going to say it again. It is God's plan to prosper you. It is not just something he tolerates. It's not just something that, um, you know, a handful of people get to experience. It's his plan to prosper all of you. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Who? The Lord has plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. 
plans to give you hope and a future. You would not believe how much flack I get for teaching on this. That God has a plan to prosper you. And, and I know what it is. So many people, they've um, been taught that, that, that pros prospering or being successful, that God would rather have you poor or broke or unsuccessful. And that is not found in Scripture. Listen to me, friends. Don't take what someone else says about the Bible and change the Bible. And I'm going to give you scripture after scripture after scripture today that's going to settle some of these things. It's okay for you to be successful. In fact, it's God's plan for you to be successful. Now, I will admit that a lot of people treat God like a get-rich-quick scheme. They, they include God in their finances. They make a decision to tithe. And you know what? They're hoping that they get a raise next week or that someone buys them a house or someone buys them a car or someone gives them an airplane. I don't know, right? And then what happens is, you know, they, they go to bed and wake up and 38 days later they don't feel or see anything changing. And the only thing that that's came was a bunch of bills and so they scrap the whole thing and throw it all away and they think it doesn't work. That's not true. Just like everything else we've been talking about during the series, it's all about process. It's about being planted in the house of the Lord. There have been people who've began trusting God with their finances and tithing for the first time. And then all of a sudden, man, God begins to bless them. And so many of us, we hear great stories like that, and we think their story is going to be our story. Our story is completely different than anybody else's story. Does this make sense, friends? There is such a thing as seed time and harvest. We understand that from a natural sense, you put a seed in the ground, you make sure it's got water, make sure it's got sunlight, it reproduces, right? But something happens to those who understand the process. They understand seed time and harvest. They understand what it means to be planted in the Lord and in His Word. And it doesn't matter what happens or doesn't happen. They are not moving from what the Lord says. They understand blessing. They understand favor. They understand provision. They understand that the script, what the Scripture means when it says it yields its fruit in season. There are seasons to sow and there are seasons to reap. Now, I sow all the time, so we should be reaping all the time. Are you with me, friends? They, don't, they understand what it means that your leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. That means we have a part, we have a responsibility, we have a, a piece to play in this. And so I want to talk about this over the next few minutes, because that is the whole point of Psalm verse, verse 1, verse 3. Whatever he does prospers and people are like why do you why do you why do you talk about this so much if I could sit down and show you a list of probably 75% of the counseling appointments that I have it is related to money it's related to people struggling most of the people who come to your place church the very first time that they're coming they're looking for 
the church to help them. Like, we're just, we just can't, we can't, we can't make it. This is the one topic that we need to spend more time talking about, but we don't because there's, the Bible's full of stuff to talk about. Amen, everyone? Believe God with me. Father, we thank you right now. Lord, we know that your word has a lot to say on this topic. And your plan is to prosper your people. We see it all the way through the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. And so, Father, I pray that you would unlock our understanding. Help us to put away some false teaching that we've heard that's just not your word. It's, it's a person's opinion about your word. Father, we're not going to change your word just because of situations and things that have happened. But, Father, we're going to look into your word and allow you to change us. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, lead me. Guide me. Help me to identify every single person in the room, every single person watching online today and this week. God, we trust you for it, and we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you think about it, our lives are a result of three things. Your life, my life. It is a result of three things. Number one, decisions that we have made. Are you with me, friends? Decisions that we have made. We've in, we've cho we chose to serve God. We chose to pray. We chose to tithe. We chose to release our faith. Or we chose that two car payments was a good idea. We chose to, to, to buy a house that was bigger than our cost of living. We chose to use credit card to pay our bills. We decided that uh, to be mean and abusive, uh, to be the mean and abusive one in the relationship was a good idea. We chose um, to, you know, to stop eating right and to exercise. We chose those things. We decided to stop coming to church. We decided, or, or more, we didn't resolve that this is just who we are and it's just a part of our routine. Those are decisions that we have made. Or we chose to live on a budget. We chose to pay cash and if we don't have it, we don't, we don't buy it. We decided that love is worth fighting for. Amen? We decided not to be the selfish one. We decided to do the right thing. Our lives are a result of one of three things, and one of those are the decisions that we have made. The second thing that has affected our life are decisions or actions that have been done to us. Are you with me, friends? For some of us in the room, our lives are not our choice. Someone did something to us. Someone decided that you're not worth it. Someone decided to take advantage of you. Someone let you go. Someone wrecked your car, broke into your house. Someone abused or molested you. Someone did that to you. Or someone invited you to their life group. Someone said, hey, would you, would you come and worship with us at our church? Someone intervened and got you help for that addiction. Someone took your credit cards away. Someone took you under their wing to mentor you, to coach you, to love you, and to lead you. Our life is a result of things that someone has done for us or to us. And the last thing that caused our lives to turn out the way that they have is the devil. 
There is an enemy out there. John 10.10 says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus speaking here says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. The devil is the one who put that sickness on you. The devil is the one who lied to you and we believed it. The devil is the one who stole from you, tried to kill you, or tried to destroy you, which is why you need to be planted. Because when the storms of life come, you have a, a group, you have a family, you have a people who will stand with you, and you can be strong. Now, not everything in life is the devil. <laughs> Remember, there are three things that have affected us and it got us to where we are right now. Some people are just making terrible decisions and blaming the devil for it, right? No, it was not the devil. You just made a dumb decision, okay? And so I want to talk about the choices that we make over the next few minutes. Choices that we make. Luke chapter 14, this is the New Living Translation, says don't begin until you count the cost. This is the scripture. Don't even begin until you count the cost. For uh, who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there was enough money to finish it? Right? It seems like common sense. The scripture has to be very common with this at times. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. Then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Verse 31 says, or what, kind of, or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against them? A lot of people are blaming the devil for decisions they've made. They're ma they, they made them, they got themselves into this situation. They're blaming other people when at, at the end of the day, it was a decision that you made. Or worse, some people are blaming God for stuff that's happened in their life. Well, if God could have prevented it, could he? Because he gave us free will. And he gave us choice. And every time someone comes to me and they say, well, if God was really a big God, he could have done something. My next statement to them is, why couldn't he? Did he try to lead you and you not listen? Did you even pray about that situation? Or was this something you did in your own strength? Like, why couldn't the Lord intervene? Because it is his nature to intervene. So why couldn't he? What happened? What were the circumstances there? Right? Does this make sense, friends? If you're not living within your means, you, I'm going to say this with a smile. If you're not living within your means, you will never get ahead in life. Amen? You can't just constantly spend more than you make and trust God to get you out of those scenarios. Amen, everyone. Listen, and I know, I know, I remember what it was like to not have two nickels to rub together. When Tyra and I first got married, man, this is before we had kids. We, um, we, <laughs> there was a season in our life we got tired of eating beanie weenies. Can I have an amen, someone? 
We got tired of eating pigs in a blanket. You know what a pig in a blanket is? It's the 25-cent package of hot dogs and the 50-cent package of canned biscuits that you spread out, you roll the hot dog up in the canned biscuit, you put it in the oven, and it's a meal, baby. It's a meal, right? And we got so tired of that. And I can remember just wanting to go out to eat. I just want to take her out to eat. We just want to go to Taco Bueno. Come on, any bueno heads out there? Anybody? I mean, come on. Right? We didn't, it wasn't even a fancy steakhouse. Taco bueno. All right? We needed us a bueno chilada platter. All right? And I can remember going to the ATM machines before we had online, you know, before it came to our, our phone. And I can remember going to the ATM machine and putting my ATM card in the ATM machine. And it's saying you had like $21.37 in the account. And I can remember this particular day, I so bad wanted to take her to Taco Bueno. And the only, we were living in Coweta at the time, and the only Bueno there was, was the one in Broken Arrow, right at the corner of Elm and like the Broken Arrow Expressway. That was the closest one back then. And I can remember, come on baby, we're going to Taco Bueno. And we got in our big old pickup truck that got 10 miles to the gallon. You know what I mean? We drove all the way to Broken Arrow, and there was an ATM machine in that same parking lot. And I whipped up there. I put my ATM card in there. I got the last $20 we had. And, I, and, and, and I'll never forget it because you, for some reason your memories are attached to emotions. And I, I got that 20 out, and I laid it in my lap, and I drove over to the parking lot of Taco Bueno. And I still remember it. There's a, there's a big car lot across Elm right there in Broken Arrow right there. And, I, and I'll never forget, I opened my door. And we're, come on, Bueno Chilada Platter, here we come. And the minute I opened my door, it was a windy night that night, and the wind came in and grabbed that $20. And it blew out. And I was like, oh, no! And I jumped out. And you've done it when you're trying to, you know, you're trying to catch that 20 right? No, no, no! Now, hey, listen, when it's your last 20 you'll do whatever it takes. And that thing blew up in the air, and it started to toss, and it started, and she's like, grab it! <laughs> and I went, and I ran out, and it started to go over Elm Place right there in Broken Arrow, and it went over somewhere into that car lot. We were like, stop! <laughs> to the traffic, because we had to come across there. And man, we were looking underneath cars, on windshields. We never found that $20 bill. And we both kind of dropped our heads. And now we're 25, 30 minutes away from home and hungry. <laughs> and we got back in that big old truck and we drove home and ate beanie weenies. <laughs> Listen. I know what it's like to be struggling. But the one thing that changed for us was when we began to trust God with our finances. We began to live within our means. And we stopped worrying about money. We gave it to the Lord. And from that moment to this, the Lord has continued, the Lord has,
has continued to bless us year after year after year. Friends, there are free apps that you can get on your phone that will teach you how to budget. There are things you can do. Some of you, you need to sell that car with that super high payment. You need to unload that thing. You need to take your taxes this year and go pay cash for a car and just get you through this season. Are you with me, friends? Some of you need to shop around for your insurance. Maybe you're not, maybe you don't have the best cell phone plan. Some of you, you need to, I mean, you've got, you've got Netflix, you got Amazon Prime, you got Hulu, you got Disney Plus, you got Apple Music and Spotify. And all the movie channels, right? Some of you, like if you just cut some of that, keep one. Keep one, right? Our lives are a result of the decisions we have made. We decided to date someone who doesn't love Jesus like we do. We decided to marry an unbeliever. We decided to sleep in last weekend and this weekend and probably next weekend. James chapter 1 says, when tempted, no one should say, hey, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away, the Bible says, by their own evil desire and enticed. The scripture is super clear on this. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. And I'm just going to stop right here and say, there is forgiveness in the blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, whether you made decisions or you didn't make decisions, whether you made terrible decisions or someone made decisions for you, there is forgiveness. He is a redeemer. He is a forgiver. He is a restorer. He is a chain breaker, a debt payer, a money maker, a freedom slayer. Jesus will set you free. Amen, everyone? He is your source. He's your source, and once you, can, once you can resolve that and surrender control of your life to him and be led in your decisions, everything changes, and you will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither, and whatever you do, you prosper if you're planted. In him. This whole series has been centered around an agrarian theme. It's talking about a tree. It's talking about seeds. We all want to be the tree that's planted. But listen, it all, we all start as a seed. We all start as a seed. But seed time and harvest is real. I'm sowing friendship right now. I'm sowing that seed right now. I'm sowing loyalty right now. I'm sowing love right now, responsibility right now. I'm sowing honor right now. I'm sowing humility right now. I'm taking care of what I have 
right now because I know someday the harvest is coming and I'm getting ready right now. Our lives are a result of what we have sown, what we have given. If you want a field of corn, you plant corn, not beans. <laughs> or worse, weeds. If you want corn, you plant corn. The Bible says whatever a person sows, that will they reap. And I have a question, and I want to challenge all of our services this weekend, all of our people who are here in person and everybody watching online. What if we could decide today what our lives are going to look like in December? What if we could decide today what we want our lives to look like by December? Your life is a result of what you've sown in days gone by. If you've sown hatred, you've got a life of hatred. If you've sown anger, you've got a life of anger. Your life is a result of what you've sown days gone by. If we're going to be a tree planted by rivers of water, then we've got to see ourselves the way that God sees us. Do you see yourself struggling still in December? Do you still see yourself at that dead-end job that you hate? Do you still see yourself at that position that you really don't want to be in? Is that, is that what you see yourself in December? Do you still see yourself um, struggling with that addiction? Do you want to start a family this year? Do you want to, is this the year you get in shape? Is this the year that you start that nonprofit or that ministry? Is this the year you launch into your own business? What do you want to see this year? And what would you do if money or finances or resources were not an issue? Would you pay off that car? Yeah. Would you buy a house? Would you take that trip? Would you get out of debt? Would you help your children? Would you pay off those medical bills? What about those student loans? Would you cut up those high interest credit cards? Like, what do you see today that you want for the end of this year? What would you give if money or time or resources were no object? So many people get stuck in this rut that you're always hoping people give to you and you never see yourself as the giver. You never see yourself as the one being generous to anybody, much less the Lord. Are you with me, friends? So many people hear me talk about generosity and they instantly tune me out because they never see themselves as being the generous one. Generosity changed our lives. This is why Jesus says it is truly more blessed to give than receive. So just start here. What does generosity look like for you? According to scripture, it starts with, I mean, the tithe. 10% of any increase. And people want to fight you over this. The people who fight you over this are the ones that you do not see blessed in their lives. They fight you over it. And I just stopped arguing with people. I mean, the pastor, like, I genuinely want people to get help. And I want to show them what's worked in my life. But when they're like, that's just in the Old Testament. First of all, it's in the New Testament too. Second of all, listen, I'm not telling you you have to. My needs are met. The church's needs are met. We're good. This is for you. 
We, we all just got our giving statements a couple of weeks ago. That number at the bottom, like take that number. Take your salary times 10%. Do they equal? Because <laughs> if they don't, you, you're, not, you're not including God in your finances. Amen, friends? Whew, always gets quiet during this part. Then ask yourself, what, what do you want to be able to do? Like, what do you want to be able to do? Who, who do you want to be able to give to? Like, for us, Tyra and I, we've got a percentage. Like, we want to, we want to be this percentage of a giver all around. Like, the whole reason we do investments is so we can take our family on vacation and we can pay off the church. Amen? We are givers, and we believe that that is the reason. Our life is a result of what we've sown in times past. Ask yourself, what do you want for your life? What do you want it to look like this year? What prayer requests do you want answered? What are you believing God for? What miracle are you waiting on? This is your year. This is your year. Amen, everyone? And I'm going to do something that we've never done in the history of Your Place Church. We're going we're gonna to take some time this week. And the ushers are getting ready here because they're going to pass you out something when I tell them. Not yet, fellas. Just get ready. Don't want them to have it too soon because then I'll lose them while they read it. Tyra and I have done this before, and we didn't even call it a vision list. And our kids have begun to do this. I want you guys to go home this week and I want you to create a vision list for your life. This is just going to be between you, your spouse, your kids, if they're old enough to understand what this is all about, and God. You're not turning this in. There is just something powerful that happens when you do this. What does that look like to you? Do you want to upgrade your furniture this year? Do you need a new mattress? Like, come on. Are you guys rolling together through the night, right? Your mattress rolls into the middle. You both hang on, sleep all night till you're into the mattress. Like, what? Like, just put it on your vision list. What do you want God to do? Are your kids on there? Put them on there. So many people get tripped up when we start talking about this because they don't believe God is actually interested in this, but He is. In fact, Habakkuk chapter 2, I'm going to read it out of the message. It says, God answered, write this. Write what? King James Version says, write the vision. Message says, write what you see. Get a vision for your life. Get some dreams. It's okay to dream again in 2022. Okay to dream again. Write it down. Write it out in big block letters so that you can, so it can be read on the run. Oh yeah, I'm working. What am I doing? That's right. My life has purpose. My life has meaning. I'm living for something. Amen? Write this. Write what you see. Write it out in big block letters. There's something powerful that just happens when you write down the vision for your life. Tyra and I did this before we even knew we were doing this. When we were getting married, we didn't have anything. Remember, believe in God for Taco Bueno. (laughs) We didn't have a washer and dryer. We didn't have a refrigerator. We didn't have a vacuum cleaner. 
So Tyra, she did just, just did this on her own. Started writing things down. People call it a wedding registry. <laughs> what is that? A vision list. That's what that is. I need a roll of toilet paper. Amen. We didn't even have that. We had nothing. We didn't have a couch. We didn't have chairs. We didn't have disinfectant for your house. A bottle of wind. We didn't have any of it. And so she began writing these things down when we were first getting, first engaged, planning our wedding. Did you know that by the time we moved into our house, we had it all? We had it all. She wrote it down. We put our hands on it. We prayed for it. And God caused the increase. Listen, those are big ticket items for two 20-year-olds. On a washer and dryer, that's a big ticket item for 40-year-olds. Amen. Do you know what you want your year to look like? Do you, do you, do you have a vision for it? Because next Sunday, what I want is I want you guys to go home this week. Okay, fellas, you can pass them out. I want you to go home this week and with your spouse, and if you have kids who are old enough to understand, I want you to, this is just a, a worksheet. And I want you to ask yourselves three questions. And pray about this. Pray about this. Write down what you desire to give or to do this year into the kingdom of God. you got to start with that one because that's the one that leads into the rest of them. And so don't just breeze past that. I want to jump on a serve team. I want to join a life group. I want to go on a mission trip. Like, what do you want to do that's, that is going to sow your life somehow? What do you want to give this year? Like, just write it down. That's all I'm asking you to do. Lord, what do, you want, what do you want us to do this year? And write it down. Tyra and I, we're very passionate about this. Last week we were at a conference and Tyra just felt led to just to give personally for something that she's believing God for, for one of the ministries that we're a part of. And God has already come through in that area. Amen, everyone? The second question I want you to, I want you to write this down. And I'm going to tell you why at the end. Listen, pay attention, look right up here. What do you owe? Every debt, large or small. Every debt, what do you owe? Write it down. The principal, the interest payment, what's left on your mortgage? I know how much is left on ours because it's on our vision list. We want it paid off. What's left on your credit cards, your auto loans? That court injunction, the alimony that you're not paying anyway. Like, write it down. The, the child support, write it down. If you owe it, you owe it. Are you with me, friends? Write it down because we're going to believe God, listen, to take care of that. We're going to believe God to pay for that. And you're like, is this going to happen in 2022? For us, we're believing that it does. Just get started. Amen? Then the third thing, what would you like to have or do personally if, if the price or cost was not a factor? What miracle are you believing God for this year? What are you expecting to see? Have you not been sleeping? 
right? I want to sleep all night long. Have, do you want to laugh more in 2022? I just want to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Write it. Ha, 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 ha. I just want to laugh. That's what I want to do. Just write it down. Amen, everyone. Who do you want to see come to Jesus this year? Listen, if it's true that the Bible says whatever you put your hands to prospers, if you put your hand towards a marriage, that marriage will prosper. If it says that your, your leaf will not wither, your family will not wither. Write it down. What, what rare collector's item do you want to own? Uh, can I believe God for that? Yeah. People don't believe that God's that good of a God. He is. Amen, everyone. Some things will make your vision list, and it may take you a year or two or three to get it, but you'll never get it until you write it down. Amen, everyone. We had on our vision list to renovate our house. Put it on there a couple years ago. We're going to do it this year. Amen. We've got on our vision list, and I'm just, I'm just going to share a couple. We're believing God to pay our house off. We've been in our house three years. We're believing to pay it off in 2022. It's in our vision list. We're going to do it. Amen. We're believing God for some things. We're believing for family members who have strayed to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in 2022. We're believing God for that. Are you with me, friends? Write it down. Write it down. And then next week, we're going to hold it up. We're going we're gonna to show up, so bring this next week. Take time. You don't have to. This is just the worksheet. Mine lives on my, my document on my phone. Hers lives in one of her journals. Ours are the same. And then we, next week, we're going to hold them. Lord, we release faith for these things in our life. We're asking you to do what you do. We want to be a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. And whatever we do, prospers and I'm telling you we're going to have story after story after story after story our little story come on you can clap with that amen we we have this email address at the church that just says stories plural at, at ypcprior or yourplacechurch.com it just says stories and this is what we want you to do as the God starts as God starts marking off your little list there, your vision, tell us. I want to show up on an offering one week and I'm going to say, listen, we got this at Stories at YPC Prior. These people were believing God to pay off their mortgage and, and they said they wrote a check last week and they paid off their mortgage. Amen. Can we celebrate with them? Amen. Yay. We'll, we'll clap. We'll clap. Hey, these people have been believing God for a child to come back to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Last week they sat in service. Last week they raised their hand. Come on, can we celebrate with our church family? We want to do that. This person has been struggling with this rare disease for years. All of a sudden, this happened, and now, uh, whether it's a medication that took care of it or God's hand moved, it doesn't really matter. They were healed in Jesus' name. And we're going to celebrate with our church. Amen. So when these things begin to happen, you tell us. Because we're believing God to make, the, he's going to make these things come to pass. Amen, everyone. Now, if this is hokey to you, don't do it. Don't do it. But we're going to get a couple of months into this year, and I'm going to start reading these stories, and you're going to be like, where was that vision list? Like, where was that, where was that, uh, 
That's right. Amen. Do you guys believe this? Amen. We're living it. We're living it. Praise God.